attacks Atomica. The independent states that came after these empires were remarkably underinterested, rather uninterested in war, with very few exceptions. Since 1945, states no longer invade other states in order to conquer and swallow them up. Such conquests have been the bread and butter of political history since time immemorial. It was how most great empires were established and how most rulers and populations expected things to stay. But campaigns of conquest, like those of the Romans and Mongols and Ottomans, cannot take place today anywhere in the world. Since 1945, no independent country recognized by the UN has been conquered and wiped off the map. Limited international wars still occur from time to time, and millions still die in wars. But wars are no longer the norm. Many people believe that the disappearance of the international war is unique to the rich democracies of Western Europe. In fact, peace reached Europe after it prevailed in other parts of the world. Thus, the last serious international wars between South American countries were the Peru-Ecuador War of 1941 and the Bolivia-Paraguay War of 1932-5. And before that, there hadn't been a serious war between South America countries since 1879 to 1874, other 84, with Chile on one side and Bolivia and Peru on the other side. We seldom think of the Arab world as particularly peaceful. Yet only once since the Arab countries won their independence has one of them mounted a full-scale invasion of another, the Iraqi invasion of Kuwait in 1990. There have been quite a few border clashes, such as Syria versus Jordan in, 18, rather, in 1970. Many armed interventions of one of the affairs of one in the affairs of another, such as Syria and Lebanon, numerous civil wars, Algeria, Yemen, Libya, and an abundance of coups, coups and revolts. Yet there have been no full-scale international wars among the Arab states except the Gulf War. Even widening the scope to include the entire Muslim world adds only one more. Example, the Iran-Iraq War. There was no Turkey-Iran War, Pakistan-Afghanistan War, or Indonesia-Malaysia War. In Africa, things are far less rosy. But even there, most conflicts are civil wars and coups, rather coups, since African states won their independence in the 1960s and 70s, very few countries have invaded one another in the hope of conquest. There have been periods of relative calm before, as for example, the, in Europe between 1871 and 1914, and they always ended badly. But this time it is different. 
For real peace is not the mere absence of war. Real peace is the implausibility of war. There has never been real peace in the world. Between 1871 and 1914, a European war remained a plausible eventuality, and the expectation of war dominated the thinking of armies, politicians, and ordinary citizens alike. This foreboding was true for all other peaceful periods in history. An iron law of international politics decreed, quote, for every two nearby polities, there is a plausible scenario that will cause them to go to war against one another within one year, unquote. This law of the jungle was in force in late 19th century Europe, in medieval Europe, in ancient China, and in classical Greece. If Sparta and Athens were at peace in 450 BC, there was a plausible scenario that they would be at war at 449 BC. Today, humankind was broke, has broken the law of the jungle. There is at least real peace and not just absence of war. For most polities, there is no plausible scenario leading to full-scale conflict within one year. What could lead to war between Germany and France next year? Or between China and Japan? Or between Brazil and Argentina? Some minor border clash might occur, but only a truly apocalyptic scenario could result in an old-fashioned, full-scale war between Brazil and Argentina in 2014, with Argentinian armored divisions sweeping through the gates of Rio and Brazilian carpet bombers pulverizing the neighborhoods of Buenos Aires. Such wars might still erupt between several pairs of states, such as between Israel and Syria, Ethiopia and Eritrea, or the USA and Iran. But these are only the exceptions that prove the rule. The situation might of course change in the future and with hindsight the world of today might seem incredibly naive. Yet from a historical perspective our very naivete is fascinating. Never before has peace been so prevalent that people could not even imagine war. In this picture, number 44, gold miners in California during the gold rush. Going back, scholars have sought to explain this happy development in more books and articles than you would ever want to read yourself. And they have identified several contributing factors. First and foremost, the price of war has gone up dramatically. The Nobel Peace Prize to end all peace prizes should have been given to Robert Oppenheimer and his fellow architects of the atomic bomb. Nuclear weapons have turned war between superpowers into collective suicide and made it impossible to seek world domination by force of arms. Secondly, while the price of war soared, its profits declined. For most of history, polities could enrich themselves by looting or annexing enemy territories. Most wealth consisted of material things like fields, cattle, slaves, and gold. Today, 
Today, wealth consists mainly of human capital and organizational know-how. Consequently, it is difficult to carry it off or carry it, carry it by military, conquer it by military force. Consider California. Its wealth was initially built on gold mines, but today it is built on silicon and celluloid. Silicon Valley and the celluloid hills of Hollywood. What would happen if the Chinese were to mount an armed invasion of California, land a million soldiers on the beaches of San Francisco and Storm Island? They would gain little. There are no silicon mines in Silicon Valley. Consider California, its wealth was initially built on gold mines, but today it is built on silicon and celluloid, Silicon Valley and the celluloid hills of Hollywood. What would happen if the Chinese were to mount an armed invasion of California, land a million soldiers on the beaches of San Francisco and storm inland? They would gain little. There are no silicon mines in Silicon Valley. The wealth resides in the minds of Google engineers and the Hollywood script doctors directors and special effects wizards who would be on the first plane to Bangalore or Mumbai long before the Chinese tanks rolled in. Rolled into Sunset Boulevard. It is not... coincidental that the few full-scale international wars that still take place in the world, such as the Iraqi invasion of Kuwait, occur in places where wealth is old-fashioned material wealth. The Kuwaiti sheikhs could flee abroad, but the oil fields stayed put and were occupied. Today, California builds its fortunes on silicon. But in 1949, the gold actually lay there in the Californian soil. The real treasures of Silicon Valley were locked inside the human Satisfy both 
So is the modern era, one of the mindless slaughter, war, and oppression. Typified by the trenches of World War I and the nuclear mushroom cloud over Hiroshima and the gory manias of Hitler and Stalin? Or is it an era of peace, epitomized by the trenches never dug in South America, the mushroom clouds that never appeared over Moscow and New York and the serene visages of Mahatma Gandhi and the Martin Luther King? The answer is simple is a matter of timing. It is sobering to realize often how far how our view of the past is distorted by events of the last few years. In this chapter, had been written in 1945 or 1962, it would probably have been much more glum. Since it was, since it was written in 2014, it takes a relatively buoyant approach to modern history. To satisfy both optimists and pessimists, we may conclude by saying that what we are in the threshold of both heaven and hell. Moving curiosity history has still not decided where we will end up and a string of coincidences might yet send us rolling in either direction